And a peace to you, everybody. Check, check, check. Check, check, check. All right. Looks like we're got good, good numbers. Uh, good morning. It is December, I believe, the 8th. And uh, you are listening to Driving Theology. This is Mike, and I am on my way to work as usual. Uh, it is cold, cold and extremely wet. Probably hear a lot of rain and windshield wipers and different things going in the background today. Maybe more than usual, but you know, we get enough rain here that I'm sure you've heard rain uh, on this before. That shouldn't be a problem. Uh, but yeah, we may have more than usual. Pretty rainy the last two days. Supposed to clear up tomorrow. Uh, rainy but no rain. It is a extremely damp 9 degrees Celsius outside. It's probably somewhere in the 40s, high 40s maybe. Of course, zero is 32. Zero is freezing Celsius for those of you who are... Um, Celsius deficient. Uh, yeah, anyway, it's uh, we're in our second week of Advent. Last week I did a little bit, um, I at least touched on the idea of hope and and uh, the necessity of putting our hope uh, into uh, the best possible uh, person or thing or belief or method or whatever. Uh, putting your hope in, into the best possible place, right? And, and what is the best possible place for our hope. Um, so yeah, we talked about that last week. Okay, oh, I got it. Maybe, there we go. Yeah, sorry, it's gonna be a little noisy until I get everything uh, defogged. It's the cold and the wet, everything's fogging up in the car obviously uh, yeah I think I can't turn that down some though let's make sure our volume's in here alright so today we're in the second week of Advent uh, which is peace uh, you know peace is a big a big word it's, it's everybody seems to like it but not many people are seems to me uh, committed to seeing it through right we love the idea of peace uh, especially when it comes to people leaving us alone uh, and you know and us not having any any conflicts that are uh, you know uh, bad for us or ours um, but really being committed to being peacemakers uh, I think is something that uh, I see lacking in the world and, and uh, a lot of times I think what we do instead of making peace is, is maybe just uh, ostracize, right? If you can't get along, don't hang out kind of thing, right? If you can't get along, find other friends and, and you know, that there, there's something to that. I, I think that if you can't absolutely can't get along of course maybe it's better not to not to spend time with a, a certain person at all that's 
it's obviously not a, a bad short-term solution but it's not it's not a long-term solution is it you know somehow we need to learn to to be at peace with everyone we need to have the skills and really more than the skills just the commitment because I, I really feel like time when we say this right we say time heals all wounds I, I think over time we get over a lot of the things that um, bug us about people, right? And I'm talking about, you know, mostly interpersonal relationships, one-on-one -on -one type of stuff, right? We all have those people that, for whatever reason, rub us wrong. Uh, and, and I think in those cases, a lot of it's just not enough time spent trying to understand the other person. Right? Not enough time spent really trying to understand the other person, uh, giving their uh, needs and grievances um, the time they deserve to see if there's anything that you can do to help uh, to help alleviate the problem. Right? A lot of it is, you know, ain't nobody got time for that type of stuff. Right? I don't have time to to, to give somebody if they got problems with me or something like that. But the truth is, the skills that we we gain um, through actually taking the time to figure out how to get along with people uh, help the entire world, not just us, right? Those things trickle down, and I don't like the word trickle down because of Reaganomics, but but they do. They trickle down, right? They 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 are things that that uh, eventually affect the whole world, right? If enough people start doing them the world entire uh, can be a, a new place, right? If, and we know this, right? If people suddenly started being kind to people, everybody, everywhere, right? The world would be a completely different place, you know, when we, when we have, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, when we have conflicts, Right, conflicts of time, or con conflicts in schedule, or, or you know, conflicts in motives, or whatever they may be. If we're kind to each other, and are committed to to understanding the person on the other side of this uh, argument, or you know, whatever it may be, uh, the, wor the whole world changes, right? We, start, we suddenly start doing things in a way that says, I care for other people. I care for how they feel. Uh, I care for their needs. Uh, I care um, not, not because they've, they've earned it, but because they're valuable, right? They have value as human beings. Uh, and, and what, what happens more often than not, and this pertains to me as well, we get so um, myopic about what's going on in our own lives, right? Uh, and, and perhaps we feel like, you know, I can barely take care of myself uh, and my own problems, much less anybody else's problems. And so there's a self selfishness, a self-centeredness uh, that I think causes a lot of this lack of commitment to understand the other, right? The lack of commitment to really understand and and appreciate, appreciate, right? 
why did I say appreciate? Who says appreciate? I feel like British people maybe say that. Anyway, um, <laughs> squirrel. Uh, yeah, so because we're so focused on our own struggles and problems and, and perhaps weaknesses and, dare I say, sins, uh, we don't take the time uh, to, to understand uh, and, and try to, to make peace with other people, right? Uh, and this is me in a nutshell. So what I've started, see, when did I start this? It's hard to figure that out. But I started last night, I guess, or maybe it may have been this morning. I've been thinking about it for about a week or two. <laughs> I thought this this is typical, Mike. I thought about it for a week or week or two, week or two before I took any action. But I, I guess it would have started maybe this last Sunday. So I've decided to really try to take care of some of these nagging little pockets of chaos in my life. Uh, that always tend to build up this time of year, right? They always tend to be a problem this time of year. I decided to, to first of all, I, I identified what they are, and I've started kind of tackling them one by one. Uh, and I guess this has been a little bit of a theme in my life for the last couple of years, I guess, trying to finish little projects that you know, I should have finished years ago and really had no reason not to, you know, aside for, from laziness. Uh, and so I, on, on Sunday, uh, I got up and I cut down some trees that were really overgrown in front of my house and were kind of dominating my entryway. I cut, cut them down and got rid of them and cleaned up that area. Uh, and that took several hours and then and then from there I started decorating the entryway outside the house for Christmas and, uh, the day before or maybe a couple days before my daughter and I started decorating inside the house for Christmas and and you know that was good too I think that was part of you know it was sort of one of the things that started greasing the wheels toward doing you know getting the rest of these things going Yesterday, uh, so I did that on Sunday, and that took pretty much all day, right? Cutting down those trees, uh, cleaning them up. I also cut a bunch of uh, branches that people can use for garlands and and uh, reef, uh, reefs, Christmas reefs, because they were uh, evergreen trees. They're blue, blue heaven, blue heaven or blue haven. I can't remember which, but I think they're blue heaven um, evergreen trees, and they have kind of a blue tint blue they're, they're both green and blue but beautiful trees really hated to see them go but perhaps I'll find a smaller version of them and, and then actually keep them trimmed <laughs> who knows anyway so got those cut cleaned up trimmed up and some cuttings made and put in water uh, decorated the house with lights and and things outside um, and got got the house inside going towards being decorated for Christmas. Tomoko's finishing up all the the finishing touches, which she loves to do and is very good at. Um, and then Monday morning, so today's Wednesday. Let's see, no, not Monday morning. Tuesday morning, I got up early 
which is kind of rare for me. Got up early and did some reading and, and a little contemplation and had coffee early. And then, and then today I woke up and just decided to tackle one of those things on my list, which is my room, my bedroom, uh, which has been overgrown with uh, just things laying around and, and laundry and, and different things that really needed to be cleaned up. Um, so I took some time uh, this morning, did a couple loads of laundry, uh, taking some, you know, summer clothes that need to be hung up and hung them up. And uh, I really let things pile up in my bedroom, and that's that's not a good look for me. Um, so I did a lot of that this morning, got a lot of that going, cleaned up a few uh, kind of table spaces, table areas, and got that going this morning, which was really uh, cathartic. And so I've been kind of going like crazy since the morning, uh, gangbusters if you will, uh, helped my wife get uh, grandpa off off to uh, off to daycare, he goes off for the day, and that's not something I usually do, it's something I always want to do, it's something I know I should do, I'm just really lazy in the mornings, uh, I tend to stay up too late, I tend to just lay in bed especially when it's cold and you know look at my phone because I don't want to get out of bed and you know I put off getting ready for work but today I got up extra early uh, got a bunch of stuff done um, and now I'm off to work so it's been a really good really good morning so I suppose what I'm trying to get at where this ties in with peace uh, is that you know if there are things that are constantly nagging you, that that are in the back of your mind, perhaps perhaps keeping you um, a little bit grumpy, a little bit short with people, right? Um, take care of some of those things. Knock them out. You'll be surprised uh, how little time it can take when you're focused, right? Uh, and you just do it, you know. So that's something I'm trying to do this week. I've got two or three other areas that I really need to uh, lock down on and, and kind of uh, keep the chaos at bay. So one of them, like I said, was my room. One of them is this car, which, oh, I forgot a trash bag today. I was going to do that, but I think I can do it anyway. Maybe I'll just go buy a trash bag. Uh, yeah, this car is also one of the places where chaos tends to build up over time. And so today is going to be a day... Uh, I know it's raining, but uh, I have a place under a bridge where I go take my lunch quite often. I have a long lunch break, and I'm going to try to tackle the chaos in this car today. We'll see what happens. We'll at least get some of it, hopefully, uh, taken care of. Uh, and then the other place is my tool shed, right, which is the place where, you know, a lot of the chaos that would build up in other places doesn't because I just throw it in the shed, and then the shed becomes this... Uh, chaotic basically storage place that that doesn't get organized things just get thrown in it uh, so that's the other place and for whatever reason they always build up in the end of the year like this part of this because we're we have lots of events and things going on, going on that keep me from keeping those things at bay I'm not I'm not great at maintenance everybody who knows me will tell you this I don't do maintenance well. I'm, a, I'm more of a project guy. I 
I focus and I knock something out where I can work hard till it's done, but, um, well, almost always. Uh, but sometimes I really need to be, well, always, I need to be better at keeping things organized as opposed to having to, you know, get all manic and do it all at once. But anyway, I'm in my manic, manic mode right now trying to get stuff done. It happens to me sometimes. But if that if that is one of the things that will help you be more peaceful in the world by, you know, taking the time to do the things that are hanging over your head, that are causing you stress, uh, then maybe that's what you do. Maybe you you focus on it and you get it done and you, you become a happier person in the world. Now, it's not that easy. I realize that. There are lots of other things. And really... Really, all of these things that I'm talking about are really metaphors, I think, right? They're, they're metaphors in the sense that they don't really matter. You know, there's not, a, there's not a, a reason that I need to be a bad person just because I can't clean my room. I can't keep my room clean. There's no good reason for that. It's not an excuse. But um, what Jordan Peterson has taught me uh, through some of his podcasts um, and things of that nature is that keeping your room clean can be uh, a, a springboard, right? Doing the little things that you can control can be a, a springboard for you gaining better control in the rest of your life. And, and basically, when I say the rest of our lives, I'm, I'm talking about relationships. So there's no good reason that I should treat somebody bad just because I can't clean my room. But if, if I do take the time to clean my room and alleviate that stress, maybe then I'll figure out a way and, 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 and get some confidence that I can tackle the more important chaotic places in my life, such as relationships. Uh, relationships uh, in the family, relationships in the workplace, relationships in the community. Uh, maybe there are some relationships that need cleaning up, that need tending, uh, that need need a project or two uh, so that we can improve. And really, when we talk about peace in the world, we're talking about relationships, right? We're talking about the way, uh, the, you know, people get along or don't get along, right? the ways that people get along or don't get along. And, and it becomes a, a big problem when, you know, um, we have lots of people in one place that don't like lots of people of another place, and that's when we get something called war. Uh, and, and that's the, the ultimate uh, sign that, that peace uh, has taken a hit, that, that peace does not exist. Um, but really, war starts with you in your context, right? The way that you are with your family, the way that you are at your job, the way that you are in the community, right? If, if we all are peacemakers in these places, well, the chances are that peacemaking is going to be a high priority for us, even when it comes to our government, right? Now, not all people have a lot of say in what their governments do, 
but they do have a say in their own actions and how they uh, either accept or reject the actions that the government takes. You, you, you can say your opinion. Now, the stakes are pretty high in some countries. Uh, China, for example, if you speak out against the government, uh, you can be expected to be imprisoned, most likely, right? There, there, there's going to be things that those governments will do. However, in Japan uh, and America, for the most part, you can pretty much say your mind and say your piece, and you can demonstrate it, and you can do sit-ins, and you can do all kinds of peaceful demonstrations in order to let your country know that you do not approve of their warring ways. You know, there are all kinds of ways that you can do that. And another way is through the vote, right? Who you vote for uh, says a lot about uh, the values that you hold dear. Um, being peacemakers is a rare thing in the world. I think there are, there are plenty of people that try to keep peace, but actually making peace is, is quite a different thing, right? May we all be peacemakers as, as Jesus came to bring peace, right? Now, in some sense, Jesus does say that I did not come to bring peace but a sword, uh, but I think he's being metaphorical uh, in that, in that peace is offensive to those who are hell-bent on destruction, to those who are committed to violence. Peace is offensive, right? Uh, and so, you know, we've seen this many times where, uh, especially in the civil rights movements uh, of the 60s and 70s, where pe people peacefully tried to protest the American government and, and even local, you know, local governments and, and different things. They tried to protest uh, what states were doing, for example, with education and segregation and all of the Jim Crow era. They tried to peacefully protest, but but those people who who were bent on violence uh, were violent toward the people who were being peaceful. Peace can spark violence. It's crazy to think that, right? Peace and the commitment to making peace can bring out violence in those who are hell-bent on being violent. Right? Um, it's offensive to them. They, they'd ra rather have a, a, a physical altercation. And so what they do is they don't accept your your peace uh, they're actually offended by it and then in their minds that justifies them being violent back to you so the way of peace is is can be a dangerous one right on some level uh, and so if you are committed to peacemaking uh, you're going to have a hard time of it it's not going to be an easy road, but it's a it's it's worthwhile, right? Because what happens when people meet peace with violence? You expose them for who they really are, right? You expose them for who they are, and though it may take time, eventually, uh, I believe that our uh, that the risks that we take will eventually, perhaps over time perhaps over more time than we like, 
will eventually have its its uh, effect, its good effect. Peacemaking will always have a good effect eventually. It's always good, right? It's always good to to make peace. Now, I'm not saying that that peacemaking is only about being nonviolent. I think you can be uh, verbally violent. I think you can be out of control, angry, without ever laying a hand on anybody. That's not the kind of peacemaking that I think is going to bring about change, real change, right? I think the the kind of peacemaking that will bring about real change uh, has to be a peace that that emanates from within, right? Um, You have to have a peaceful mind and a peaceful heart and and in that way, I think that that kind of peace will eventually have its effect. Uh, I think I think people who are physically peace, peaceful while being mentally and emotionally violent, uh, I think, are just shooting themselves in the foot. Now, it does mean that you're going to have to do some work to get your emotions under control, right? You're going to have to do some contemplation and meditation. Uh, perhaps before you are ready to be that kind of a warrior in the world Uh, and I'm speaking to myself here Uh, but Jesus Jesus came ultimately to bring peace to the world peace between man and man peace between man and nature peace between man and God uh, and and the way that Jesus does that, I've talked a lot about, right? Exactly what Jesus was doing when he was on the earth, uh, his life and his ministry, and of course his death and resurrection, and his ascension and and his uh, indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and, and you know all all of these things are ways that he's bringing peace to the world. These are the the vehicles by which he brought peace to the world. Uh, and you know, most of them are available to us. You know, we we can we can bring peace to the world the same way Jesus did, and 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 that is, I believe, by letting him know, letting us know, letting mankind know, letting humans know, just how much they are loved by God, and not condemned. That Jesus loves man and does not condemn him, even. When his actions go against the way of the way of God, right? the way of love, if you will, that's how Jesus came. That's the main reason, main way that Jesus brings peace to the world and lets us know that hey, as far as God's concerned, He is at peace with you. You no no longer need to worry about your uh, eternal status in the world. Uh, and this is how you know I am going to die on the cross for you. I am going to sacrifice myself for you. And if I would sacrifice myself for you while you were still sinners, then you know that I love you completely, no matter what you do or what you've done. Um, and if mankind would accept the fact that, hey, wow, God loves us so much, that no matter what I do, as far as he's concerned, he is at peace with me. He is not against me, but he is for me. 
He, he withholds none of his love from me. He shares all of his love with me. Uh, and, and therefore, uh, I know that I am at peace with God. And so I'm not going to be resentful, right, uh, toward people who I see as trying to be better than me. I'm not going to have to be resentful toward the ultra-religious. I'm not going to have to be resentful toward anybody. If God loves me, who's against me? Oh my gosh, that's what that scripture means. If God is for me, who is against me? Oh my gosh. That means mankind has no reason to fight against one another. God, the all-powerful, all-loving, providential God loves me completely and without reservation and without condition and blesses me with all the blessings under heaven, each and every one of us. And so there's no reason for us to war. There's no reason for us to, to try to have more or try to take resources from, from other people. There's no reason to steal, right? There's no reason to kill. There's just no reason for any of it because if God is for me, who is against me? If God is for me, who is against me? I think I just had an epiphany. Huh. I don't know. Let me know. Am, am I wrong about this? Now, of course, some of you probably don't believe the way I believe about certain things, and that's okay. Um, you probably know that I'm a very, very hopeful universalist. Uh, what I just said bears that out, that, that I believe anybody that, that gets destroyed uh, in the afterlife does so because they choose destruction in the afterlife and they choose not to embrace God's love I think free will makes that a necessity but the way we bring peace to the world is realizing how at peace we are with God how at peace God is with us we have nothing to fear perfect love casts out all fear. God is perfect love. He casts out all fear. We don't need to fear his judgment or destruction, but we need to realize just how much, how loved we are, just how much he loves us. And when we realize that, slowly over time, that appreciation of the love that God has for me and for us will transform us into more loving people. That's the ultimate humility. Realizing that I can't do anything good to earn God's love, but also I can't do anything bad to lose God's love. God's love is an absolute. If God is for me, who is against me? I have no enemies. Right? When you love an enemy, he's not your enemy anymore. You're loving him. Now, from his standpoint, you may be his enemy. But he's not yours. Wow. So, peace. My goodness. 
kind of floored by this. Peace comes from understanding how much you and everyone else is loved by God and allowing that love to transform you so that you love other people with the same love that God loved you and loves you and continues to love you and will always love you with. Whew. Whoa. Hmm. You know, that's why I love the format of this podcast because I, I, I go on journeys that I just don't expect to go on. I, today, all I had was the word peace. That's all I had to go on. I didn't think I was going to actually think of something I never thought of before. Um, it's also why I like the idea of organic church because these things can happen collectively when we, you know, when we get together with other people. These things collectively can happen and and we can you know we can have these collective thoughts and be amazed at what God is revealing to us in in each moment right these these gems of of recognition right these revelations um, if God is for me who is against me God is for me. I have no enemies. Why would I need an enemy if God is for me? That means God, who provides everything, will provide for me. I don't need to covet anything. I don't need to be jealous. I don't need to hoard. Right? I have been blessed with abundance of everything that I need. Now, you know, I, I've got to figure out how I go forward with this, this new um, recognition. You know, how do, how do I live today like that? That there's an abundance. I guess, you know, I need to be generous. I need to be generous with my time uh, and with my money, uh, with, my, uh, with my, you know, help, helping, with, with helping people my efforts, um, with my students, with my bosses, you know, with, with everybody. How, how, do I, how do I be as generous to people today as Jesus was to me on the cross? You know, that, that's, that's how we go about living each day. Well, just to just to recap, because I'm going to be at my job here in just a minute. Uh, if you need to start taking care of those little chaotic pockets in your life, so that you'll be a kinder person, uh, try that. Try that. Uh, if if you can contemplate just how much God loves you, and that makes you a kinder person, uh, all the better. Do that too. You know. Uh, it doesn't have to be either or. Uh, for me, maybe the one led to the other today. I don't know. At least the, the realization, uh, the information of it, right? Uh, doesn't mean that it's necessarily worked today. You know, that's, that's something that I'm going to have to do, right? 
That's going to be the actions that I undertake for the rest of the day. You know, how I drive, uh, how I am to people at the at the store, at the convenience store, and, you know, all, all those things. Uh, the kind of person I am in the world today. Yeah, alright, well, uh, I wish you guys uh, hope and peace so far this Advent season. Uh, you guys have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day, and, uh, yeah, rainy or not, um, I think it's a good day. Bye-bye.